Warning, it is the opinion of the Four Street Productions and the Working Perspectives podcast Weekend Poppin' that we should inform you that some of the language used in this recording could possibly be considered offensive. You've been warned, so if you decide to listen, then don't complain like a fucker! Chef Chipper here with AAA Catering in Lansdale, PA with the Working Perspectives podcast. I appreciate you guys letting me promote my Christmas party and meal giveaway on December 23rd at the Moss Recreation Center at 5700 Torresdale Avenue in Philadelphia. Been giving out meals to the um, neighbors in that neighborhood for a couple years now. Uh, it's a great neighborhood, loop, collar, working class people. They really care about their families. They work hard to provide for them. They have a lot of challenges in that neighborhood. So what we're doing down there on the 23rd, we're gonna set up a great holiday buffet under one of my tents. We're gonna be have face painter there, maybe some balloon animals, giving out candy, giving out some presents. And it's a great thing that you guys can jump on board. If you'd like to donate to the cause, please go to www.griffingives.org, griffingives.org. Go to the donate uh, button and in the field when you donate, fill in Mission Nutrition. This is Chef Chipper's Mission Nutrition. We're trying to make sure these kids have a nice, hearty, hot, nutritious meal going into the holiday. Thank you. December 23rd, 3 p.m. at 5700 Torsdale Avenue. That's the Moss Recreation Center. Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast Weekend Poppin'. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied today by the strongest of stems, end favorite son, strong stem Steve Cabot, the electric, easy Eric Zeblum, the bad boy, Bernie Biceps, Bernie Bass Hits, Burn Podcasty, and our special guest today is Chef Chipper himself, Chip Panico. Chip, how you doing, my man? Thanks for coming on, brother. I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me tonight. Hey, man, glad to have you. Easy, back again. You're on the you're on the main show two weeks in a row, fucking killing yep. it. What do you yeah, feel, man? I'm good, man. It was a good day. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm excited to be here, support Chip, and listen to some of the stuff he's got to talk about. And uh, always good to see you, Steve and Brent as well. So, hey, love it, man. Love it. Yeah, man. Strong stem. How we feeling, my man? Listen, I was tired, right? I fucking work a lot. And then I see Chip's mustache, and all I can think oh. of is fucking Ginsu Minsu dicing him up on the weekend. And the birds slowly crawling back like a fucking herd of turtles. Here they come. Here we go. Love it. Fuck you, Dallas. Yep. Bernie Biceps, how we doing, my man? Hello, man. Doing great. Doing a little solo uh, parenting this week. So if uh, my kid busts into the room, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I'll try to handle it. Hey. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know, we know how that God bless and Godspeed. Yeah. Amen, I, hopped him up with, I hopped him up with Pepsi and chocolate cake about two hours mm. ago. So I, hope oh. I, was hoping to time, I was hoping to time out the crash. Perfect. Solid. We'll see how that worked out. He's going to be crashing pretty hard pretty soon. Very nice. Let's hope so. Well, in case you're wondering, you can find all our content and all our stuff on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can hang out with us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can join us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk 
at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. And for the love of God, she beats me to death with this. Just please like and subscribe. My wife leaves me the hell alone. All right, this is the Working Perspectives Podcast Weekend Pop, and let's get this thing started. Let's go. It's our objective to be effective by voice in societies. Working perspectives, exploring your day and how you get paid. Launching a new episode every Tuesday. Your day can transform while we inform with new episodes available on every platform. So check out our vibe and how we get live. Then do us a solid. All right. All right, fellas. So I'll tell you what, we had back to back monster shows. For the end of sagas, dude, I'll tell you, the round tables are a hit. They're a big, big freaking hit. Really, really like what we're doing here. And it's really branched out into, you know, more round table ideas. Like I got a couple guys reach out to me like, you know, I might do a Lansdale Catholic round table, you know. Holler, right? holler. Yeah, yeah. We might do a, you know, maybe a North Penn one. Maybe we'll do, we're definitely going to do a 40 Fort one eventually. Like the round table is a gimmick. Everyone loves it. Chef, uh, Chef Chip, Chip, what did you think of last week's episode? Well, I really appreciated the end of stories. Uh, it's so true. I think I put a comment on one of the posts that uh, <laughs> you guys really could have used a bunch of little Italian ladies watching your ass. You guys just run around like a bunch of unsupervised animals. Uh, 100%. But, you know, within the school district of North Penn, which is such a massive school district with so many yeah. different neighborhoods and towns, mm-hmm. municipalities and townships. Mm-hmm. North Wales and Lansdale are very similar. And part of that is because they're both boroughs, yeah. right? And they're both some of the only towns and areas within the school district that have row homes and kids packed in. And even the single family homes in the neighborhoods yeah. are very close. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like these guys were saying last week, the public <clears throat> parks and the public pools uh, that's where it was at for us. Oh, and, you know, for a time we could get out of the house in the morning to the time we could come home, you were with the fellas at the park just playing dude, sports. Dude, dude, dude. Wreaking re- havoc, running mischief, whatever you can do. And, you know, you got tight with your different crews. It's very yeah. similar between the two. And I think that's why there's always been a good rivalry between us as well. I agree. I, I do. I 100% agree. I think it's a friendly rivalry too because – like you know north wales and lansdale are both blue collar areas like we both shit on the town mentions and the harleysvilles with their yuppie five hundred thousand dollar homes can go shove it you know what i mean like i you know i i, I completely agree and i think Dub said it on the second episode when i asked him like what was your favorite thing about growing up in north wales and he was like you wake up he, he's like i look forward to waking up every day and leaving the house right like I think we were all like that. I fucking loved just getting on your bike and going on an adventure, right? Like if we could, if you could bottle that up now for adults, 
right? Like that's a million dollar idea if someone could figure that the hell out. But yeah, Easy, what'd you think of uh, this week's show? You were on it. That was your yeah. that was your second <laughs> one you were on, right? And uh, yeah. yeah, what'd you think? Um, I was listening today and I was just laughing. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's funnier to hear it. Like, you know, I'm in the moment right now, but like I, I was in my work truck today and I just had it on my phone and I was listening to some of the stories and I'm like, you know, I had to pay attention to the road because I started laughing so hard. I was like, oh, this isn't even safe for me to listen to. Bro. Um, but it's, it's really cool to listen back on. It. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, when you told the story about moving like that, the moving the traffic shit, like even when I was editing it, I was fucking <laughs> losing it. Right. Like, I, dude, I really hope that whoever's truck that was that got stuck, just please reach out, whoever you are. Right. You know? uh, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know we don't know what happened and i expected once we saw that they made the turn we expected to get in trouble but that guy <laughs> might have been into more trouble than we were right that he just right. coasted that out and left i yeah. don't know yeah awesome story though. yeah oh yeah great and dude i'll tell you so uh we did reach a milestone for the show like you know when we put out like uh we have like some clips right that we'll put out like the shorts and and different videos we'll put out on the youtube channel and like you know, we've topped it like 600 views on some of them, but we have our first, uh, you know, like video that passed a thousand views. And it was the Brandon's dad fight story from the end of Saga Part 1. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bro, that shit, right? Like, dude. So, like, and we were being tame. Again, when you want to yeah. talk about a, a man who raised men. Oh, one of the boy. top tier guys is Brandon's yeah. dad. Like he wasn't, yeah. I don't care if you were eight or whatever, you're going to be a man today. When you're yeah. around Mr. Hill, you're going to learn to be a man today. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. He might just hit you with the Charlie horse when you walk in the house. I don't know if he, <laughs> did we, did, he would, he'd be like, hey, Eric, what's up? Bang. I'm like, what's that? He's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. That's what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know, did, did we tell the story when we were wrestling him in the basement and he got electrocuted? What? No, I don't think so. Uh, no, listen. you did not. No, you so, did not. In the basement of the Hills house, Steve, you remember this? It was it was uh like wrestling mats. Like they had yeah. mm-hmm. wrestling mats, like the whole thing. And old wrestling mats, by the way. Yeah. Like they, they might as well have been plywood. They were like so the fucking like unsucked. the first wrestling mats. Yes. Right? Yeah. On and if it's in the winter when you're training, it's on a frozen oh. concrete floor. So it really doesn't do anything. It's the not worst. a damn thing. Yeah, we had the same thing in our basement. Yeah, awful. <laughs> I remember you. <laughs> yeah. So go ahead, go ahead, Eric. So Brandon had like you know you're like middle school, maybe like late elementary. We have sleepovers, like a bunch of guys are hanging out, we're wrestling, we're fighting. Yeah. And uh, so Brandon's dad joined us in one of these matches. The best. And it's like me, Travis, Brandon, Liam, Andrew, Chris. Uh, yeah. And whatever and brandon's dad brandon was dead and uh so we're fighting him it's like a bunch of us we're like yeah. roughing him up but we also yeah. know like don't don't go too hard because yeah. brandon's dad is not afraid to take it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there's yeah. always a bigger fish yeah yeah so we're like very cautious in like our fighting with them we're like messing around we're roughhousing for sure um but we like pushed them there was like an open electrical socket on the wall Oof. and i remember at one point we like like wrestled him back into the wall and the lights dimmed and there was like a, a flash. It was like, zap, boom, like, you know, this whole thing. He gets like electrocuted like, ah, up against the wall. And he goes, now I'm energized. And he's like, oh, 
so bad. Like he was like dragging us by one leg. We were like dead. We were scared to death. Yeah. We're like really actually trying to get away, like pushing yeah. the weaker people to him. Yeah. And he just started. I mean, he started. He gave us so many dead legs. Yeah. yeah. That night. Oh my dude brandon yeah then brandon <laughs> had four brandon other brothers guy. after that night he really got yeah anytime yeah. anytime in when we were growing up and you were at wrestling practice and you saw mr hill walk in with his shoes in hand uh, you went oh fuck he's wrestling tonight night. oh fuck long oh, night. fuck yeah. about to get the shit beat out of me yeah he was one of those ones too like he was like he would hyper extend your elbow if you turned it the wrong way when you were doing in down position he's cross facing the shit out of you Right, like he's like push it in the back of your head, so face first into mat, your mat burn on your forehead and shit. He's doing the forearm in the back of the head, the chin in the back. He's doing all of that, but like it was, he's honestly, it's good coaching because it's like, like that shit. Look look what team turned out from that. Look what team turned out from that. Beating the shit out of. So don't let anybody tell you. Sometimes mild child abuse works great. It's really, it really was like, and it, it, it maybe borderline abuse because he was teaching us like, like very look, mild, right? And he's like, look, hey, fuckheads, they're gonna do this, so just know, you know, don't be an idiot, right? So, so all right, yeah. So, th- speaking of strong stem, what do you think of this week's show? Now, here's the only thing. So, I know most of the stories, right? So, I'm laughing at him. It's right. you know, it, it's my guys. Sure. I can't stop looking at fucking J Dub with this electronic dildo. He's absolutely asphyxiated with this oh. dude takes i i need a, a count bar in the bottom to see how many times he rips on his uh what, what is jewel, what they call it the jewel yeah gimmick? whatever the fuck it is yeah. yeah this kid puffing away like goddamn thomas the train in the corner yeah j-dub yeah. we we, we got to sit him down that's too much for the electronic dick he he legit looks like an arab now are we all in agreement <laughs> with this like it's get like he's like either he's like you know he either he's a rabbi or an arab or both you know like he's just he's he's all over the place with that beard thomas just, calls them ring tops ring tops <laughs> you ever see like the when you're in like abu dhabi and the more important guys that have with their sheet on they have like the oh. ring that sits over there <laughs> <laughs> with like the, with, they have like the picnic tablecloth and the yeah, yeah 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 man yeah well you know ring top that's not bad nice uh benoit Poudcasse. i know you're a big fan of the round tables and for those listening there is part three coming but you'll have to wait for that but benoit Poudcasse, what'd you think of this week's show oh it was it was excellent man it was it was a great uh continuation of the first one Mm-hmm. I want to give a, another shout out that makes sense to me to 44, just so you know, also a borough. Love it. Not Love a town. Um, mm-hmm. hearing, that okay. story about Bra- hearing that story about Brandon's dad is really funny. My buddy's dad uh, was a wrestler in college, won national championship in D3. So he had a, he, he had a, he had a mm-hmm. shot, yeah, a shop, and then he had a pizza joint. So on Fridays, he'd come home at like three, take a shower and get ready to go open the pizza joint. And so we would wait to jump him. And we get four or five of us just to see, yeah. you know, just, just to see what we can do. And same kind of deal, man. Like, it, it always ended up with this, my boy Dino because he knew Dino would yell the loudest. So we would just run away. And you'd yeah. have Dino on the floor for like 15 minutes. Be like, hey, Dino, call for help. <laughs> oh, let me push this. And Dino would be like, ah! And he'd be like, we're not going down there. Sorry, Dino. Like, you know, knuckle scrapes on the temple. And like you said, yeah. chin in the back. And he knew every move oh, to yeah. be like, I'm not going to leave a mark, but it's going to hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back to end up, I will say you guys hit me uh, right in my heart, in my feelings. Um, East Bay Magazine, man, uh, there just there was uh, nothing, there was nothing better, bro. Legendary, there was nothing in the legendary world than East Bay Magazine. Yeah, yep. 
the best dude i i legit remember being at the pool for hours like hanging out on like we had like our tables and benches where we would hang and i just remember just going through looking at they had like it was the air Shit you can't buy dude didn't <laughs> buy any of it they it was nope, like not a lick it was like the i guess it was like the july release because they had all the new football spikes that you could get for august for, for yeah. summer camp for summer training hell yeah and dude it was like i dude i was just like this is the fucking most beautiful this is art, the bible right? yeah well that's really that's the that's the funny thing too. I don't know that we ever actually ordered anything from East Bay. It was one of those things where it's like, nah. <laughs> we weren't allowed to. If I won the lottery, I'm getting all the basketball shorts. I, mean, yeah, I remember yeah. one year I, I was like, I don't really like baseball. I'm not very good at it. But goddamn, those new Griffies look so nice. Maybe uh, I'll just go out one more. It was like, it was all I cared about I when I was 11 or 12. Yeah. I had East Bay in my school bag just knowing I would never buy anything from that. But I just looked at the bus every Every now and then. Uh, if, if I could, I want to touch on that story uh, about the East Bay magazine. Yeah, Eric yeah, brought up the East Bay sneakers that we would get from the Boys and Girls Club every summer. Yeah, right? yep. we had that sale. Yep. What it was, Eric, it was the bumper sticker sale. They would make uh, us go out and stand in front of stores and collect right. change and just give out bumper stickers. Yeah, and yeah. if you did it, I like. If you put in all the hours, it was like a three or four day event. If you put in every hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got up to a hundred dollars at Dimmers, which is up by three and nine movie theater, a sneaker store, and then eventually yeah. became East Bay when Dimmers went out. Yeah. So, but Hell the yeah. hours were like nine a.m. to like eight p.m. Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, Friday, and like eight a.m. to one p.m. on Saturday, and they put you in front of like Home Depot with a kid. Like if Eric was there, they put him with like me or DeFinis because they're five or six years mm-hmm. older, and and one other young kid, and you'd be there just wreaking chaos. Oh, uh, fucking around in the store, you know, yeah. being a jerk off and trying yeah. to like beg people for change and give these bumper Hell stickers yeah. and just yeah. sweating your ass off. The boys club will come around like twice a day and give you like a bottle of water and a rusty hoogie. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you basically work like 40 hours within a four day period as a 12 year old to get a free pair of sneakers. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. was beautiful because you were like, yo, I got it was a fresh pair to go back to school with. Yeah. 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 to go back to school with, man. Yeah. And it was like, I got a hundred dollars to walk in and pick out sneaks. Yeah. The ability to flex to walk in school with new shoes. There was no better feeling uh, as a young man. No. Bro. No better feeling no. than anything. Even yeah. if it took, what we say, a moderate child abuse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mild, mild, mild. Mild. Oh, I would have took heavy, heavy child abuse oh. to get some of them Barry Sanders indoor trainers when oh. I was in seventh grade. I would let somebody's dad break my nose for them fucking things. I'm Dude. sure some sneakerhead will, uh, you know, hold me to the fire for not knowing yeah. which Jordans they are. But yeah. I had the Jordans with like the accomplishments in the bottom. I remember I got from Dimmers. I remember I was like, I want. Ew. Yeah. I think what they were tens. Yeah. I think they were tens. I, I believe you're right. I believe you're right. Yeah. Nice, dude. Dude, I'm telling you, dude, that was primo time too. Like. Think about sneakers at that time, right? Ooh. You had the Jordan 10s, you had the Jordan 11s, you had the Jordan 12s, you had the Iversons, you had the questions, you had the answers, you had the answer twos, you had Air Max 95s, you had Air Max 97s, right? And, and like, dude, not to mention Fila's, because Fila's was heavy in the game with the Grand Hills, the Stefan Marbury's, the Jerry Stackhouse's. Dude, it was, a, it was a great time for sneakers. We'll just say. Had you, a- had the, you, had the, you had the Vince Youngs that one side said half man, the other said half amazing. Remember dude. those joints? Dude, you had mm-hmm. the Griffies, you had the Frank Thomas's, the big trainers, Hurts. you had the, the Barry Hurts. Turf trainers. Oh, dude, you had them all. Had them all. Yeah. Great time for shoes. So, 
Speaking of shoes, uh, next week we have it's another Forty Fort faithful, Nord Forty Fort fan, the man, the myth, the legend, Dan Gallagher, friend of the show, listener of the show, and now guest of the show will be our our episode next week, dude. I'll tell you, this is a good one. So Burn sat in on this one. Burn, this is Burn's best friend since they were eight years old. Grew up in Forty Fort in in the borough of Forty Fort together, mm-hmm. right? And you know dude, uh, dude, just kind of like, you know, I'll tell you, that's something like my dad's from coal mining country. He's from Scranton. And like, I, that's one thing. And I don't know. As is guys, my old man. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't know if you guys ever felt this way, but I really always connected with those Northeastern PA coal miners, sons of coal miners. Like, you know what I mean? I just felt like, you know, we're all cut. You know, we got some, we all got jibs and I always like the cut of their jibs. You know, they got good jibs. You know what I mean? Did Chip, did you know? There's a bunch of Molly McGuire's. Mm. yeah a bunch of dude yeah dude. exactly nailed it it's funny funny you mention that because we talk about it on the show like i was saying it and honestly whoever's listening out there if you want to write this you're fucking welcome because if there was a show like do you remember the show uh deadwood right if they did a show like deadwood about molly mcguire's and coal barons in scranton in like you know when it was big like the 1800s or whatever the fuck right that show massive hbo massive mega hit fucking dude i was up there a couple of years ago right and the scranton public library is this mansion castle right mm-hmm. that was a former coal baron's house scranton was like yep. the third richest city in the world at one point like it's crazy yep. history there you know what i mean so i'm just saying whoever hbo fucking let's go get it done you know what i mean but yeah no i always thought those northeastern pa guys but burn I know you're excited about it next week. What do you think? Yeah, I can't wait, dude. This is like, you know, you guys were talking about your boy Liam. Like, this is my my buddy Gallagher. He's always like, he's like the nicest of all of us. Yeah. And he's also like the smartest of all of us. But he also had five older brothers and two of them played college football. So yeah. he's not a small guy, but he was like the gentle giant. So Gallagher was more like there for intimidate. Like when my, when my small crazy friends would start fights, Gallagher was there more to just show up and people go like, oh, okay. Well, maybe, yeah. we, maybe we ought not. Not really knowing that he didn't really want to smash anybody. He just kind of wanted to have fun. But yeah, uh, he was a big dude with a big square head, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, and that's all it took. And he had, and he had four older brothers, so he knew how to take a beating oh, yeah. and had a return. Yeah. Yeah, that's a rough life as the as the fifth brother. Talk about you got zero chance because I had it hard enough with one older fucking brother. I can't imagine yeah. four. Jesus, dude, four. one of them played. He was a starting offensive lineman at Penn State. Ah, right? fuck. Ah, <laughs> yeah. fuck. Fucking forget yeah, like, about late, it. Later, good for late, my life. Not good for my getting my ass kicked at home. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, I think I think Tony Sacka was the quarterback when Mac was there. Ah. So I think it was the Tony Sacka pre just mm-hmm. just a little before Kerry Kittle's years. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Nice. So yeah, so like we said, available now on all podcast platforms and YouTube. We have both uh round tub ser- the round table series, episodes one and two, the end up saga part one, the burrow breads, and the end up saga part two, back in the habit. I know you like that one, Vern. Perfect. Uh, yeah. And then next week, available on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast, we'll have the Dan Gallagher episode. I'm really excited for this because this one is another like, you know, we had Vern on as a second co-host and like just really, really chalked it up. Really, really good stuff. Super excited. And then we got, you know, we got more good stuff coming. So just, you know, honestly, keep waiting. And then also, I do want to say this. So <coughs> next Friday... 
we have a big, big celebration for the Working Perspectives Podcast conglomerate of member of 4th Street Productions, LLC. We are celebrating next Friday. The, the one- new porn channel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was supposed to be a surprise, Steve, but thanks. Oh, all right. My bad. My bad. A <laughs> little, little aggressive. All right. And it's not new if it's been there, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, it's not the new porn channel. Not yet, at least. Uh, but next Friday, we'll be celebrating the 100th episode of the Working Perspectives podcast. We have a couple, we have a couple special guests dropping by to say, how do you do? So, but yeah, next Friday available on all if podcast I don't, platforms and YouTube. If I don't hear from Frankie the Trash Dog, I don't want to fucking hear from it. Oh, uh, well, well. <laughs> just saying, just saying. But yeah, the, uh, we'll just say it'll be a party, if you know what I mean. Right. So, yeah. So, yep. So next Friday will be the celebration of the 100th episode of the Working Perspectives podcast. Shout out to us making it to 100. Look at us. Look at us. So nice. So let's keep this thing moving. So I want to talk about this and I'm going to share this story. So and I've shared the story on the show before. But so uh, a couple of years ago, right, uh, my family, we started adopting a family at Christmas. Right. And it was like you do a donation, you give them money, they can go buy gifts and it's a whole thing. Right. And at the time when we started this, I was bartending at this place called the Pub of Penn Valley in Narberth. And then I was also bartending at Graham's Pub in Andorra, right? So Narberth is like hoity-toity, like a lot of money out there, bro. Lots of bread. A lot of old Old money. money. A lot of old old money. money. Uh Big time. A lot of old money out there, right? And like, you know, like we were in like, you know, we we had a bunch of regulars that, you know, had, you know, they did well, right? So we were like, you know, I would talk to them and I told them we were adopting a family and, you know, they, they didn't say anything bad, but they were like, Oh, that's great. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but they were just like, okay, that's great. I'll have the liver, you know? But (laughs) so then when I was at Graham's, right, we told the regulars at Graham's now Graham's, we all know it's the land of free and the home of the brave, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's working class joint. It's a working class joint owned by ex cop, right? Like a lot of cops and firemen come in there and like construction workers, Mason, you know, like the whole gimmick, you know, beer joint. Yeah, you're 100% right. So men's men go in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. And you know, the women's the yeah, the men are men and so are the women. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but, uh, uh, so either way, uh, Graham's unbeknownst to us, because my brother Tom works there too, unbeknownst to us, the people at Graham's, the regulars there took it upon themselves and they raised $400 to donate to this family that we had adopted and without us even knowing. That's dope. So to me, like that's the perfect example of something like, I think we would like to do as part of the show where mm-hmm. like, I think we've all been at the bottom, right? Like the bottom ain't no fun. And maybe we're not at the bottom now. We're certainly not at the top, but we know that down at the bottom is tough and you need all the help you can get. Right. So I know I don't make a ton of money and I know we're all a bunch of blue collar guys. And, you know, I think giving to help those in need when you don't have a ton yourself is very it's an admirable thing. But you shouldn't do it because it's admirable. Like you should do it because it's the right thing to do. You shouldn't do it for praise or anything like that. And so when 
you know, when Chip contacted me about this, you know, what he's doing, I was super excited because this is honestly one of the benefits of having this platform is to be able to help and raise awareness and attention for things like this. And Chip, I really thank you for contacting us and, and coming on the show. So that being said, can you give Hell us yeah, a run- Chip. Uh, yeah, can you give us a rundown of what's going on and the the uh, the charity donation that we're that you're working with? Absolutely appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, anybody course, that man. doesn't know me, this is Chef Chipper for Triple mm-hmm. A Catering in Lansdale. Hashtag Lansdale forever. And, uh, <laughs> that's it. One nine four four six. You know us. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. You know, uh, I'm just a neighborhood kid. My family owned a neighborhood restaurant bar here in town. Yep. Uh, fourth generation in it. It was my grandparents. My great grandfather started it in 1919. So I grew up in there in that uh, family restaurant setting. When I grew up, it was Italian themed heavy. The neighborhood was Italian. Uh, I grew up in that last little bit of the little Italy section of Lansdale. Yeah. In that mm-hmm. last little bubble. I feel very, uh, very grateful to grow up in that last little bubble of the last crew of Italians move out of there. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in that restaurant if you could imagine the italian restaurant in the billy joel song that's what it looked like when i was a kid yeah and coming up dad switched the themes up a couple times over the course of his end of his career beginning of my career to sports to bands all kinds of stuff yeah started doing a lot of off-premise catering and uh eventually spun off of that started my own catering business uh restaurant still there taverns over there panic my brother runs that mm-hmm. so uh you know, 100 and, uh, years. And, and real in, quick, in sorry, real quick, Chip, uh, just to let everybody know, we'll have a link in the description and the address for Panico. So if anyone hasn't been there, get your fucking ass in gear and go check it out. It's a great fucking spot. Sorry, Chip. Go ahead. So you're saying 100 years. You guys have been at no, it. Definitely. Yeah. Panico's is that, you know, shot in a beer joint where it's like, yo, were you home for Thanksgiving? Let's meet up and get yep. half shit faced or. Are you done with your family's Christmas Eve party? Let's meet up, get half shit face before we got to go to midnight mass. You know, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, it, it reminds me of you know, it's a throwback. It's a real throwback bar. So yeah. Appreciate that. Great place. Uh, what I do now is off-premise catering. I specialize in weddings, large parties. I also do food service <laughs> contracts with the state's free lunch program. We do forty-one daycares. Uh, Mostly in the city of Philadelphia, but some in the suburbs in impoverished neighborhoods. Yeah. And we provide them with breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. It's about 3,000 kids we do every day. God bless you, man. Um, so that's all funded through the state. We also uh, have a side program. It's a mission we call Chef Chipper's Mission Nutrition. And what that does is it allows us to run programs uh, above what the state funds. And we can solicit our own fundraising for that and uh run whatever sort of food program we want accordingly to benefit whatever neighborhood we're seeking out so uh what i'm here to promote is our meal giveaway slash christmas party at the moss recreation center in 5700 torsdale avenue down in philly mm-hmm. uh anyone's familiar with that neighborhood yeah that is a great neighborhood yeah of great families and great people yeah um it's a tough neighborhood people that live there have very hard lives Mm -hmm. and go through a lot of challenges that maybe some of us out here in the suburbs uh we don't have to face every day yeah and um during the pandemic i was doing meal giveaways there 
a couple of times a week where I would pack meals up in bags and send home with kids that yeah. weren't getting their free meal program because the schools are shut down. Yeah. And we work with a great nonprofit to help facilitate the funds for that. And uh, we're going to partner up with them and partner up with the rec center down in Moss. <laughs> they have a great director and show the kids down there a really nice uh, Christmas party. Yeah. We're going to have all kinds of little giveaways, toys, candy canes, all kinds of stuff like that. And That's we're going to have a nice uh, buffet where we'll make not only the kids, but the adults in the neighborhood take nice. out boxes that they can take home and eat nice, nice hot meal. Yeah. Dude, that's honestly, man, you're doing the Lord's work, brother. I'll tell you, like, there's a lot of impoverished families that, you know, and it, it's not just in the city. It's everywhere. I know North Wales and Lansdale had it, too, where, like, if school, right, like school lunch, that was your meal that day. You know what I mean? Like school lunch, school breakfast, you know, like a lot of people are looking forward to that. So like you're saying, when the pandemic happened, like, you know, if that's your your meal, right you're like shitting your you know like you're like what the hell is going on so for you to you know to to recognize that and to see that because i'll tell you no one was talking about it right like honestly i didn't even think about it until you said something and for you to recognize that and like step up and and man up and do that bro you're a, you're a fucking hell of a guy man shout out definitely big big up big ups for the fact that all these politician fucking fuck boys that played around with the school thing while shit was going on didn't realize those types of ramifications where there are kids to depend on that lunch at yeah. school to fucking yeah. eat yeah. so when they shut it down thinking that oh, everybody's okay they're just gonna be no now these kids don't eat yeah. and then you know good good for you chip for people like you to step up and you know like yeah. you just said and help out with that it's awesome yeah yeah, man. Well, it's just something that came to the forefront of my conscience because we do like 3,000 kids every day, Monday yeah, through yeah. Friday. And, you know, they're getting breakfast, lunch, and dinner for me. Well, who's feeding them if not me? Yeah. Right. Uh, right. So when that initial shutdown, when all these schools shut down, and like I said, these are early elementary, I mean, these are early childhood centers. So these are anywhere between six months and five, six years old. Oh. These are before they go to kindergarten, daycare. So Dude. we provide everything from baby food, formula, through the state's program for these kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then during, it, it, there's a lot of paperwork that has to do with that. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah when that shut down i said how can i get these kids food i couldn't feed them through the state because they weren't going to these centers they yeah. could only get reimbursed they were getting meals at these centers so what i did was uh we had six weekly pop-up stations where we could get these meals out throughout the yeah. city and we were raising funds independently to get meals packed and uh you know the double-edged sword was it helped me keep my employees uh working through the pandemic as well I'm yeah. one of the few food outfits that didn't have to lay anybody off through the process yeah. because we were just finding other ways to feed people and other ways to pull in pull in the money to get people paid to be honest with you yeah so uh you know when that when these kids went back to school and everything went back to slightly normal for them as far as getting their food yeah. kind of alleviated that uh but this mission nutrition that we have to bring as many kids or nutrition as we can uh is still present in our mind always so for the holidays i said let's get back down at the rec center and let's throw a big party for these kids no dude that's dude that's freaking great man dude and honestly like kid like you know and i'm not saying a, a six-year-old or a first grader can look out for themselves but you're really looking out for the kids too that really like they need your help the most you know like those kids are really like they're they're lost if you know 
Lost in not hungry. everybody's J Dub who knows how to get six oh, uh, six slices of cheese bro. from the old Wawa <laughs> and one mayonnaise <laughs> packet. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Nice. Butter sandwiches. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah. Oh, dude, syrup sandwiches. That was a gimmick back in the day, babe. But nice, man. So, dude, that's it, dude. Chip, man, that's that's freaking great, man. And I can't, you know, can't shout you out enough. And, that's and I yes, yeah, especially yeah. let me let me say for the catering. Uh, so for your family, uh, uh, Chip, so I used to go there as a kid and I'm a grown ass man now. I've also been there when, like you said, it's been through some different stages of the way he was set it up. I remember as a child. You're talking about panic. That was like, yes. Okay. As a child, that restaurant to us was like from North Wales. That was like if somebody, if they, my parents had a good week and like somebody did something good, you went to Panico's. Yeah. Because yeah, the food yeah. was, un- they used to take your coat at the front door and shit, <laughs> put it in that little coat thing. I mean, yes. it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was, my dad used to tell, he still says to this day. Now, unfortunately, my father had a stroke through life, so his, his mind's not the best. But one of the things he remembers is me and my brother doing something well, he'll, him going to take us to Panico's to celebrate, which yeah. rarely happened. And when we did, he's like, you little cocksuckers picked all... You- you wanted the clams, the fucking steak, the <laughs> you wanted everything. And he's like, of course I got it. Cause it was, but Jesus Christ, come on guys. Yeah, yeah. But that place was like, for me as a North Wales child, that place was, I mean, I have great memories of that restaurant. Yeah. I hope that feels good for you to hear for your family. Yeah. But I mean, fan, as a kid, that place was uh, forget about it when forget you were a little kid to go there. Ah, oh, God. It's like, yes. a, like a special, like a birthday dinner, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Like over your birthday. oh, yeah. It was yeah. the way they treated you in there. The service was terrific. The ambient, everything about it made you yeah. feel like awesome. It made Dude. you feel awesome. When, when oh, Rand- I, I never get sick of hearing that. I never get sick of hearing that. Uh, right, it was, that coat room, my dad had that it. coat room right there on the side. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. That's Sundays. when you know I'm authentic. Dude, NFL Sundays, my dad had two telephones in the co-room, and that's where you would call your bookie. Before you had on your phone, right? Real you Italians. Those, yeah. Two you telephones. Your bookie. Dude, Not one. Two. Two telephones yep. in the co-room. Dude, bat, dude bat, when, when Lansdale was run by the mob, it was fucking mm. hopping, man. Mm. Like people like car main, nights. No, Main Street would be lined up every night, like every every weekend. Main Street's popping. People coming in from the city just to walk up oh, and yeah. down Main Street. Yeah, when Lansdale was run by the mob, when they had the what the Tremont Hotel, right? Yeah. Oh my God, it was the it was the time. But that's back. So it's called Panicos now, right? But back when when you're talking about Steve, it's still called Molliteers, right? Are we allowed to yes. say that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Absolutely. I don't know what. Right. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Now, like you said, more of a shot and beer, hardworking, good people in there, some hot chicks in there, whatever. Uh, sure, sure. But, but as the uh, as back in the day it was when it was yeah different. It was it was like a setup for families and like mm-hmm. uh you know a fine dining experience. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Which yeah, probably says a, a lot town. about your food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if you were if you were if you have anything that if you have anything from that that we used to eat obviously when the panico family they italians and they're italians that know how to cook so i can only imagine anybody that listens to this fucking podcast go get some food from this guy i'm telling you this shit's fantastic oh it's it's unbelievable and you'll have links in the description of where you can find it and reach out it's great great stuff plus two man even when you guys switched up and went away from like the fine dining, you would still. I like, love that place. Oh, love like, dude, I I <laughs> must have eaten twenty thousand wings from that place. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, yeah. and, and then I remember Shake uh, Tommy Byers. He was a busboy there back in the yes, day, sir. and he told a story that you guys. I think he said you guys did steak night, right? And you would have a grill out back, 
and you would cook yes. the steaks on the grill and hand them in through the window. And Hell then yeah! Take it out, right? Like, come on. Yes. Gets well, no better. Our kitchen was our kitchen was about as big as a shoebox. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so on Friday tight. nights we would have steak night. My dad would sell like a twenty ounce T bone with a soup and a salad bar for ten bucks. It basically oh, be a break God. even. Oh, yeah. because you know he would be a total break even but he would sell 250 of them between four o'clock and nine o'clock at night yeah <laughs> and like shit. you guys know it's a blue collar shot of your neighborhood so if yeah. you're selling yes. 225 <laughs> steaks everybody's having a beer or wine bing, yeah. Bang, yep. boom. oh yeah oh yeah all you're, you're just increasing the day part between four and nine p.m we knew we were going to be busy after nine o'clock yeah, but like right. you said, bands, DJs, hot chicks, yep. yeah. stuff yep. like that. Yep. It's harder to fill four o'clock to nine o'clock at night. Yeah. So you'd have to do come ons and you have to do something to get them to come on in. Yeah. So I would do that steak night. You know what I mean? And hell yeah. Our kitchen was about the size of the shoebox. So my brother <laughs> built a grill pit outside near the train tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Morning. Literally, there'll be fucking trains riding by. Ding, 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 ding. And you guys know the train is approximately 10 feet away from the bar. So. <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah. you're, being, you're being generous. You're being generous. Yeah, yeah uh, 10 feet. Come on. You know, waitresses, we, we didn't have no computer system. It's just like Tony's Pizza over in uh, Northwest. North cash, baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's cash. Yeah. You don't have no computer systems over there. So the waitress would write two tickets. She'd write one ticket for me inside the kitchen. And a second ticket for my brother, and I handed out the window to him. And he cooked the steaks, put them on a tray, handed them to me. I played them, put the potatoes, put the sides, and put them out the window. Yeah, hell yeah. And, uh, you know, we would just crank. We would just crank it. Like you said, we would do like 200 steaks, 225 steaks on a Friday night. God damn. Dude, that's fucking genius. Like, if you're you're a place, like, your volume, like, your place isn't massive. It's a good size. But you have a pool room. Like, you have a pool table room and things like that that take up some space. But like for like your dining area isn't massive. So if you're doing if you did 150 dinners, that's fucking huge. But you're and that's in a whole span of a night. But if you're doing 200 dinners in four hours, like get the fuck out of here. Yeah, we have to turn over three times. Yeah. And also, too, not to overlook it, but you're talking about like, you know, you're in a blue collar area and your dad's doing a break even special. Right. So everybody in the neighborhood is showing up. And guess what? Everybody's thrilled to be there. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. everyone's having a good time. So everyone's gonna have a couple of drinks because everyone's happy they're out. They know Friday. they're gonna get a good meal. It's like yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna get a great meal for ten dollars. I can actually take my family out to do that. Yeah. Yep. So the the amount of goodwill you build yeah. there, uh, oh, yeah. you know that that's what keeps restaurants alive. You know, is oh, is, sure. is people being like, that's my spot. It's always my spot. I'm taking my kids there. My kids are taking my grandkids there. Like, yeah. Th- you got to build that goodwill in the community, and that's just you know one a break even night is a break even night, but. You build all that goodwill, and you know, yeah. you're talking about a four four generation restaurant so far. Yeah, yeah. You know, who knows? It's a protected yeah. place too. Like we were saying about like Tony's and Juliana's, yeah. where like yeah. you don't steal from this place, you don't nope. fuck around with it, you don't you don't like uh, graffiti or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's a protected kind of place like that because because of things like that. You were gonna say something, Chip? Go ahead. The most important thing in like any business and family business is, is that legacy is next week's business, next month's business, next year's business, you know? And even for me right now, I've been off my own for 10 years. I still consider, you know, my brother owns the bar and, and I own my own catering business, but I still consider like the two of them, our family legacy. Yeah. And 
for me right now, being 10 years off on my own, having my own brick and mortar store here on Main Street now, finally. Yeah. Uh, my number one concern and priority, like always at the forefront, is how am I going to get this business into my son's hands? You know, my son's 21 years old, going to Duquesne for entrepreneurship, and yeah. like he's ready to take this bitch and run. Yeah. So now yeah. it's like, okay, how do I get it to the fifth generation? Yeah. And and how you do it is like you said, you're doing goodwill. It's not about how much money I make on this gig. It's about what kind of value can I bring to my customers, to my community, yeah. and make sure that I'm vital and I'm at the forefront of people's minds so that when they do think about food, they think about me. And then Things just come your way. Next thing you know, somebody's getting married at a barn out in Bucks County, and they're like, "Oh, I need a caterer to come in," and I get a wedding for like two hundred people. Now I'm making bank, but yeah. it all goes back to, like, you know, Cav said, giving that great service mm-hmm. to a family from a town over yeah. who's working. Dad's working sixty hours in a garage, yeah, and to bring his kids out for a surf and turf dinner, yo, that's like a day's wages. Yeah, so you got to respect that transaction right there and say yo give this family everything you've got because yeah. this guy's worked like 12 hours freezing his ass off yeah. gear and shit yeah. just to bring his kids in for a steak to watch the ball game to drink a pitcher of beer yeah. to get a half a you know a gleam on so he can yeah. get home tell his kids to shut the fuck up take his wife upstairs <laughs> and bang her out like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean Dude, you gotta fucking- get that's why when he comes in, you take off his coat, you make him feel like a king. Ah, Come on. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Dude, dude, you are 100% right, man. That's a beautiful fucking thing, man. Amen, brother. Amen. That, you know, that's just what makes the world a better place. Things like that. You know what I'm and saying? Small, so for people that are listening to that, this makes you should make you want to support local businesses more, right? So the same, well, I'm only second generation, but the same ordeal. The reason why me and my brother have a baseline was because people, when they came into my father's shop back in the day, they came in, you go to the Pep Boys, try going into Pep Boys when you have a thousand dollar bill and going, I really don't have the money right now. So I shouldn't do all that. And be like, yeah, you're not getting your car. You better pay my bill. My yeah. father, I've seen him do this to a million people. Listen, I understand. If you can only give me $200 a week, that's what you can do. You know, we'll work with you. Might yeah. let people leave thousand times. And of course, you're going to have some bad apples that'll fuck sure. you over. But sure. for the most part, all he did was build trust in people. He never made a killing. He built trust in people that mm. I'll do you right as long as you stay, you know, same thing. Yeah. Like it, Said taking the coats off. It's the small things that people appreciate. Yeah. Or at least smart people. Maybe not nowadays. This world's all fucked up. But most <laughs> smart people appreciate the small gestures. And that's what makes a great business. Yeah, I agree. Eric, what do you think, man? Oh, I'm just I'm actually fascinated to hear about all this stuff that Chip's doing. Um, yeah. because like I don't, you know, like my heart and my soul align with that kind of stuff. Agreed. You know? Agreed. Uh family oriented, loving. Yeah uh perspectives and like and then like going out into the world and trying to literally or literally building something that is like that legacy is a beautiful legacy to put Uh, mm -hmm. in the core of lansdale Mm -hmm. and then furthermore like he he instills that into his son um and into the into the into the community i mean it's just really fascinating i'm i'm just taking it all in and thinking about it and stuff like that and it, it makes me think to myself what am i doing you know what what am i doing with my life because that's the kind of stuff that people remember. Yeah. You know, like uh, I could go to work and do A, B, C, or D. And, uh, but it's like, you know, the kind of thing people remember the stuff that, you know, that kind of stuff, like what yeah. Chip's doing in the community and, and for the people around them. So Dude. that's where my mind's at right now. You know, I'm just taking it all in and I'm thinking about what I'm doing. 
Yeah, no, and it's a beautiful thing. Chip, when you were coming up, did you and your brother have like like that pressure of carrying on the family? Dad, son? Yeah. Was that something that your dad instilled in you? No, my dad tried to get us out of there initially. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, I think every dad who's like blue collar is like, yeah. yo, go to be a lawyer. Don't be out yes. busting your ass for like yeah. 24 hours a day. Yes. And yes. meanwhile, the sons like see their dad being a G and the other kid at school's yep. dad is like a cuck. And they're like, we well, yeah, yep. don't want to be like my dad, yo. Yeah. Like, what is yep. up with this? I want cell phones in the coat closet. <laughs> Wow. Dude. You just hit that dead on the head. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bro, yeah, like my dad was always telling me, like, I'll go to college. My dad really wanted me to be a, like a football coach and a teacher because my dad, yeah. my dad, like my dad would be there at the bar on Friday nights busting his ass and yeah. all the North Penn teachers would come in. Yeah. And back in the 80s and 90s, like, and it still is, North Penn teacher, like, you got to drop a North Penn teacher, you're just making bank. Yeah. Oh, you you're know? doing good. Yeah. So yeah good, and the same district. thing, like, you know, the Friday happy hour at Molliteers was North Penn teachers and guys from Merck. Yeah. My dad Hell yeah. At them is like, you know, I want my kid to be on the other side of the bar having a martini, not sitting right. busting his ass on Friday. Yeah. Like, I guess yeah. my dad's mentality. But meanwhile, I, you know, my grandma was on the back end, like in the basement. We have a huge prep kitchen over there. Yeah. And that's where I really cut my teeth working with my grandma in the basement. You know, so my grandma would be giving me the whole mythos of the family yeah. history Hell yeah. and, and, and heritage on the back end every day, 24 hours a day. You know, we came from Italy. We were working on the train tracks. We came to Lansdale. We bought the place next to the train tracks. Oh. And we started here, and, and we just took it from there. We had a speakeasy in the basement in the 20s. And oh, boom, boom, boom. fuck so, yeah. You know, instilling pride. Instilling pride. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a kid. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be a lawyer. No, <laughs> nah, I don't get it. You know, I want to be a and fucking then, like I said, Yeah. Pretty much. You know, and then, like, I see my – uh, my dad and his friends just operate differently than everybody else's dads. And I'm like, that's the way I want to roll. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, good or bad. You learn, you, you, you have all kinds of mentors and you can have mentors that teach you great things. And the same mentor can teach you things like not to do that way. Yeah. So yeah. I got a lot of that too. Just growing up in the bar. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah, I bet. Uh, I bet. Yeah. You saw so, the adverse effects of alcohol for sure. For sure. Yeah. First definitely. Hand. You know, yeah. you learn how to carry your, you learn how to carry yourself working within the business at a very young age. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I can only imagine experiencing the first time to see a regular as you experienced through his through in a third party beer goggles. This dude hitting on some chick that he doesn't need to be hitting on and acting like she's the most beautiful human on earth. And you're like, the fuck is he looking at this yeah. shallow how motherfucker? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're like a, you're, you're you're like eleven, and you're like, uh... what the fuck? Yeah, Mr. Martin's had one too many tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's hitting on Mr. Dude. Mikey and thinks it's Mr. Mussini. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of all the kitchen crews and all the kitchens I've worked in, the best time I've had honestly was probably like eleven to sixteen dishwashing and volunteers with yeah. Finis. Rob Panico, my brother, and George yeah. Vazil. And like you guys say, you're that you got your inner circle tightest crews that you're yeah. still friends with from 10 years old. That's my crew, the fitness Vaziel yep. and my brother Robbie. And uh, you know, you were just there 
first of all, we were working until 11 o'clock or midnight at 12 years old, which, yeah. you know, at this day and age would never happen. But no. oh, they'd lock your parents, parents up. Work there. Yeah. You know what I mean? My, yeah. Wasn't uh, Bub the bartender? Yeah, he bartended on off there for like 25 years. Yeah. So I Love learned Bub. a lot about bartending and service from him. Big yeah. time. My mentor too. And yeah. uh, and the people that taught him taught me. So I got yeah. like a double double whammy. It was great over there. But you know, you had young waitresses, you had softball players out the wazoo in there, yeah, yeah. people getting hammered. And you're looking out the window <laughs> to that little window at the whole thing, like, yo, this is great. You know? I'll, I'll stay here. So you, we, we learned a lot. You know, we, we ran tons of hijinks and uh, fucked with the waitresses hardcore. Yeah. You know, we thought we were hot shit because we'd be going out to Denny's at one o'clock in the morning at 13 years old. And, yeah. You know, but our dads were out to like six in the morning. So it was whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were doing <laughs> their thing. Yeah. Dude, that's one th one thing too. Like it, you, like the the people skills you developed, right? Just by like growing up in the bar, right? That is a skill that I think is like it's like it's one of the most valuable skills to have the world over. Two things that you develop in the service industry: people skills and problem solving. Right? Two of the most important skills to have, and it's on the job, baptism under fire type of training when you're in the service industry. And I'm telling you, like, you, dude, that's one thing that's very much lacking now as far as like, you know, people skills and problem solving. And I'm like, you must have had like you, you like you graduated from the Harvard of people skills and problem solving growing up in that bar. You know what I mean? Like, that's just you've seen it all. You know, you kind of think it's a pain in the ass coming up and grandmoms. My grandma lived next door to the bar. We oh, lived across the street from the bar. My other grandma lived next to us across the street from the bar. My uncle was next door. My Aunt Teresa was across the street. Then the Venziels has five houses on our side with a little tiny lady. So you're always yeah. in. People were always hovering on top of you, peppering you with things that you thought were bullshit as a kid. Yeah. And then I found out as a young adult quickly because as soon as I left working there, so I worked for some other companies. Whatever company I would go to, I would pretty much, within the food service industry, skyrocket to the top because all these things that they were just constantly instilling in me. Mm -hmm. Oh shit. This is everything you need to be successful in this business. You know, yeah. you could get on a cruise ship and go do this. You could put on a yep. major D's outfit and go work in Manhattan. If you wanted to, you yeah. can make a living wherever you want to, if you're good at this business. And that goes for yeah. like any trade. Yeah. It's second mm -hmm. nature. It's what you're going for. It becomes kind of a second year. You're raised in it. So it just becomes, it's what's logical and what makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. And then you look at people who are struggling and you're like, why does this idiot get it? Just treat people with respect and uh, work hard. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. Like, it's yeah. not a, it's not rocket science, man. Like yeah. there's a lot of ins and outs to it. But um, you, when you realize that you're in a service industry, um, your job is to serve, man. And yeah. so, okay. so you might as well be That's great. Okay. That's key. You got to realize. And I think you hit that when you were interviewing Rocco about his dad. Yeah. His dad knew about service. When his oh. dad came in, his shirts were crisp. Dude. His shirt was tucked in. He didn't yes. look like a slob. His hair was slicked back. He was yeah. shaved. Yeah. You know what I mean? You look like a professional. Yeah. And you carry yourself with the confidence of it. And his dad worked at Chandelier bars like my dad's bar. And yeah. his dad ran bars and skip back where people yeah. were coming in that make a half a million a year. Yeah. So taking private uh, helicopters in to, to see him. Yeah. Dude. That's no, it. Yeah. 
big fan of dude bub when i started bartending bub was the one who taught me at Vinny t's and ardmore because do you know matt schlott yes yeah matt schlott me and burn actually worked for matt for a couple of years he was running this bar Vinny t's and ardmore and i was like i dude i was like 19 and nick rocco talked to his dad and was like hey can you hook him up with a job and i started food running and then bub like had my back and taught me how to like you know the whole bartending gimmick and he preached preached appearance he was like appearance is everything you need to know first names like talk to people and he used to say it was a dollar a minute right so he knew like if he's talking to a guy he would think about in his head like Every minute I'm talking to this guy, I'm getting another dollar. Every minute I'm fucking talking, chatting this up with this lady, I'm getting another dollar. And he was like, dude, that he was, yeah, big shout out to Bub. Big fan. Yeah. Nice. That's it. You know, I got to learn from him and a lot of other old school service industry guys and uh, a lot of other just hustlers that ran little cons and shit like that. Yeah. You know, my dad worked with a guy named Frank Fitzsimmons and back in, mid 90s in the heyday of baseball cards he used to promote a lot of baseball card shows yeah so you know he would go out he would rent like st stanislaus rent their gym out for x amount and then he would sell tables you guys had a a baseball card business you buy a table for a hundred dollars you'd come in and you'd sell your baseball cards and all your shit and then he'd get a guy like lenny dykster jaws to come in pay him a couple g's sign autographs yeah and then anyone that came in a gym they paid five bucks to get in and you paid 10 bucks for an autograph. And then my dad would have like 150 glossy pictures there that if you didn't have nothing to get signed, you could buy a picture for 10 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and then what, what me and DeFinis do, you guys know Robbie DeFinis. Yeah. What me and DeFinis would do is we would go to these shows and we would do them in the Radisson down in Philly and down South Jersey, all over in the Delaware and stuff. We would go with them, set up our own table and sell all our own shit. And we were like 14, 15 years old the profit margin that we needed was nowhere near what like a full grown adult would need. So to yeah. sell like a Ken Griffey rookie, he might need like a hundred bucks. I'd be like, yeah, dude, I'll sell it for 70. What do I give a shit? I'm a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I would just work on volume. I would yeah. just work on volume. And then like, like I said, my dad had this partner, Frank Fitzsimmons. He would teach us little like gimmicks. A guy would be at my table looking at what I had Frank would walk by, acting like he didn't know me from Joseph, and oh. look at, over his shoulder and say, "Well, seventy bucks—that's a deal. That's a deal. This kid's got yeah. deals." And just, you know, uh, we really carried a lot of that shit into our adulthood. To be what honest a with you, fucking work. That's fucking gangster. That is fucking awesome, dude. He's because he's it. yeah, he's work. He's so, you teaching you how to work him. Yeah, dude. that's it, dude. You know, awesome. that's fucking dude. The, Lansdale used to have card shops like. I think it was Lansdale Sports Cards, right? One of our was- buddies' dads used to own one, Mr. Troop. He had all types of crazy shit. When he ended yep. up holding that joint, he, Mr. Troop brought home, because his son played baseball, basketball, grew up with me and Eric's older brother. Like, we played all types of sports with him. His dad had wild shit back then, because it was, you know, it was a booming industry in the 90s, yeah, and late yeah. 80s and shit, yeah. 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 He was yeah. Don, right? Yeah, yeah, yep, Don Troop. Don, Don, Don's discount cards. Yeah, yeah, he's the man. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the, so I think the one I'm thinking of was behind Coffee Corner, right? There was yeah. that one card that's shop. Done. That okay, yep, so that's... that was him. I think it was called Lansdale Sports Cards or something like that. And then there was another one that was like across from the train station over by where Luigi's was, right? There was that like was a... another, that was another guy. 
That was yeah. another like that guy was was small time compared to Don. Don had shit out the wazoo. Oh, ah, everything. His place was huge. Yeah. It literally, he literally had everything. It was massive. His place, like to think about, like how how many cards do you, like how much room do you need for cards? He needed a lot because he had a ton. He had it. Yeah. He st- he started out next to the Rita's Water Ice. Yeah. If you if you remember, that was his original store was next to the Rita's Water Ice on Broad Street, where the Bangladeshi people buy their prom dresses and shit like that. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. In that store, that was the original Don's discount cards. And then he got too big, and he moved into that like big barn type building behind Coffee Corner on Second yeah. Street, right there. Yeah. Yep. Dude, dude, what, dude? That that building, like the the gimmick next to Rita's, has been a million different fucking shops like my whole life you know what it's I a mean? tobacco shop now is it really like, no 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 it's not like vapes and tobacco right no i think it's like a oh, the other one. Or some oh the one to the left yes yeah oh yeah, oh yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, one yeah. that used uh, to be a right aid no 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 yeah. no you guys are, you guys are the same thing he's talking about what eric's talking about used to be mickey's barbershop yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah that's got like every mickey kind of Falco's. cigarette every kind of exactly yeah. mickey Falco's. That's got like every kind of cigarette, every kind of vape, every kind of like uh, cell phone, credit card, you uh, know, all that kind of shit in there. Boost uh, Mobile. But yeah, exactly. Boost Mobile, like <laughs> one of those like lottery tickets, EBT cards, cricket, yeah. all that type of shit. We got, we got like 10 of them stores in freaking Lansdale now. It's crazy. Yeah. The old 7 Eleven over by uh, like across from where Peddlers burned down, Margines, oh, like where street. Margines was, like up the street. Yeah. Dude, that dude. That's great, man. I can't tell you the last time I was in Lansdale, like in the borough and like thinking about this, like I lived on those streets as a kid. You know what I mean? Like Deary lived right around the corner. Jada Cola was there. Like we were hanging out there all the time, always going to Rita's and stuff. Jack Byers used to take like we would he would be like going there and we would follow him and he would flirt with the chick there and get us all like free water ice. You know what I mean? And I was like, this is just the fucking best. But yeah, so nice, dude. I'll tell I'm you, Jack. man. Yeah, dude, Jack's a Jack's a fucking. He's the man. Love Jack. Shout out, getting married soon. Shout out to Jack. So uh, nice. So let's keep it moving. So we're coming to the top of time. We're getting close, but before we get out of here, I really want to shout out where. So Chip, let us know how can we donate. Where can we? What can we do? And we're gonna put it out there. And you know, I, I just how can we help with. With the with the Moss Recreation Center and the food giveaway, what where how can we donate and, and do anything to help? Excellent. I really appreciate you guys putting this out there for me. If you, no, guys, if you guys want to donate, if you guys want to donate and help out for my Christmas party for the kids at the Moss Recreation Center at 5700 Torresdale Avenue down in Philly, just go to the Griffin Gives website. www.griffingives dot org click on the donate button when you fill out that information there's a little field that says what the donation is for just type mission nutrition in there and anything helps a buck helps five bucks helps ten bucks helps whatever it is but throwing it a pot i want to have a, a real holiday buffet for them down there set up in a pop-up tent uh with chafing dishes Probably going to have a woman down there doing face painting, maybe yeah. someone doing balloon animals, giving out candy. Yeah. I'll be dressed up uh, like a nut in a, in a Santa Claus outfit. <laughs> and um, it, it's a great center. 
they run a youth football and cheerleading program there in the fall. They give yeah. out meals and clothes and all kinds of things throughout the, the year. There's a gentleman that runs the place, Cecil. He does a lot and for that community. And uh, that place is really a haven for the children that live around there. So I want to show them a good time. On Christmas week, I'm going to do this on December 23rd at 3 p.m. And uh, I'll be promoting it through all my social the next couple of weeks. But where you guys can donate is www.griffingives.org and hit the donate button and just put in the subject line, uh, Mission, Mission Nutrition. Nice. Dude, I'll tell you this right now. I'm pledging $200 from the Working Perspectives podcast and 4th Street Productions LLC for Mission Nutrition. is going to be in there, man. Fucking what you're doing, it helps the world, man. And I, I can't. It's just you're dude, it's your fucking hero for doing this, man. And, and Maddie, this, let me let me say yeah. something. Let me say something real quick too. It's like it's like Eric was saying, like you, you hear you hear stories like this and you're like, what am I doing? Like, how can I give back? Right. And I think that's the goal for everybody to figure out how can they give back. Yeah. So if you can't figure out your own personal way to do this right now, a great way to do it is by supporting a cause like this. Yeah. And you're 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 still, even if it's not your own thing. Uh, you're still very much part of the solution and not part of the problem. And so I, I feel the same way, Eric. You're like, you, you, you listen, chip or talk, and you're just like, this guy fucking gets it and he's doing it for all the right reasons. And what am I doing? And so, you know, if you, a good start is to uh, throw, throw some money at mission nutrition. Yeah. And for that, that, that's a barrel kid. That's a barrel kid. You can tell. Appreciate yeah. that, Bernie. <laughs> no problem. Yes. And for everyone listening, if you're not technologically sound or whatever, there will be a link to www.griffingives.org in the description. There'll also be instructions saying to click on Mission Nutrition. All right, it'll be in the description of this episode, and it's on all podcast platforms and YouTube. So please, you'll have we'll have links to all Chip's uh, social media stuff to follow along with him. We'll have a link where you can donate, right? And we'll have the date and the address of where this is taking place. This is like you know, I I've. I don't have it. Like I, I can, I think I can speak for all of us saying that we don't have everything. Like we're not, we're not men that, that have everything. Right. But I'm very thankful for what I do have. Right. And I, and I've been in, and I think we've all been in places where we've had a lot less and we know what it's like there and any type of help you can get, especially to those people, like these are kids, they can't help themselves. Right. So they need our help. So everyone out there, this isn't, you know, this isn't us getting on a soapbox. It's just the right fucking thing to do. You know, my dad always had a saying, he said, you have two choices. You can do the hard right thing or the easy wrong thing. And I don't even think this is a hard right thing. It's just the right thing to do. So Chip, man, fucking what you're doing, you're, you're a fucking hero, man. And I can't salute you enough for this. This is your, you're really like, this is making the world a better place and, and the world needs more people like you, you know? So oh. Nice. So we're coming to the top of time. So before we get out of here, Easy E, anything you want to say to the legions of your adorned fans before we take off? I'll be back for another one. Don't oh, you worry. Can't wait to um, have you back. Yeah. And also, you know, we're, we're talking about this stuff and it's like, it's like a real thing that uh, is, is extremely important. And the cool thing is there's like a direct impact that something like this has. But and, and Steve mentioned earlier about like the, the way society kind of is right now and um, more even, even on a, a grander scale is like the culture of what he's doing, you yes. know, like that vibe yes. of what he's doing. Like there's 
just the the love yes that something like this like like the the depth of the love it takes to get involved with something like this and then to take action and move it forward uh is tremendous so that's a really cool thing for the world to embrace even just with like people that in your day-to-day interactions so uh again shout out to chip man it's awesome what you're doing i'll be on there to donate as well yeah. And uh, guys, it's always it's always a pleasure to bust it up with you. So I appreciate being here. Of course, of course. Strong Sam, anything you want to say to the dozens and dozens of the cold of Cabot before we take off? A little advice. So hearing Chip's story is similar to mine in the fact that he followed his father's footsteps or his family's yeah. footsteps through watching their actions, right? Yeah. My dad used to preach this all the time to me. He didn't give a fuck what I did. He actually, just like Chip, didn't want me or my brother in the business. He was like, nah, why don't you go be something different? And we're like, but dad, like the people love you. You're doing the right thing for people. Yeah. Like you're providing a service. He'd always look at us and say one thing. Remember one thing. I don't give a fuck what you do, but do something they can't take from you when shit hits the fan. Yeah. And I never, never resonated with me until like the pandemic hit. Right. Yeah. I learned a skill that yeah. no matter what the fuck's going on, people need me. Yeah. Because there's the doctor ain't going to jog to the hospital to meet you there. Yeah. You're not going to run your sick ass to the hospital. Somebody's got to fucking drive you. So you learn yeah. the skill that no matter what's going on, it's in the world. That's something that you could always, you know, you provide and food service is the same way. So for any of you kids that kind of get it like one, they're not knowing what to do, figure out something they can't take from you. I'll tell you this right now, the youth, the number one sought after profession for the youth of America today is to be an influencer, right? I was going to say, an inf- I was going to say TikTok or Oh, that's exactly what came to mind. I'm right. Like, and I know, I know we're oh. coming off as hypocritical as, you know, King being on a show, but <laughs> I, it's, I think we all have other jobs that we do and other things that make like, you know, make us who we are. But as what, what Steve's saying is in, and I wholeheartedly agree, influencers are going to go somewhere <laughs> eventually. Right. But you'll always need a mechanic, you'll always need a chef, and you'll always need good people to help those in need. And you know what? I yeah, I'm I'm with you, strong Sam. Very there's much. A, there's a way to influence the world through action. You know. Yeah. And that's man. that's Amen. like the best. Like if you want to be an influencer, you could lead through like the way you live your life. It's not like what you say and the and the glitz and the glamour and stuff like that. You can just go out into the world and live a certain way. Yeah. Um, I know for me, that's the, you know, and look, I got caught up in a lot of the stereotypical, the stereotypes growing up, you get caught in that stuff. But, um, you know, as you mature, you come into this understanding of like, it's through people's actions that I'm going to observe and, you know, acknowledge things. Dude, you're, dude, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. Uh, Benoit Poudkasse, anything you got to say to the 44th faithful before we take off? No, man. I mean, I think it's a great cause. I do want to point out really quick, though, if you weren't already impressed with Chip's pitch and kind of what he's doing and why he's doing it, for those of you who are only on podcasts and not on social, okay, Chip clearly has the heart of an angel, uh, the hair of a swashbuckler, <laughs> and the mustache of a plumber. If you don't trust this guy, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. Yeah. Listen, I trust this guy. Listen, no. I was at a, I was at a gas station about a month ago <laughs> and, and a little old black woman came up to me and she said, sir, that is a professional mustache. And that was the best compliment I ever got. Oh, in my life. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Damn right. Damn oh, right. Hell yeah. Uh, so nice. So, all right. I know that like we're a all here in Yigo Montoya. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. 
Oh man, now you say it. WB Mason meets Inigo Montoya. Give me <laughs> yes, please. So I, I know we're all probably on the same page as this, but Chip, man, I think we would all love to have you back on if you'd be willing to come back on. Absolutely. I think you guys are doing a great thing. I like the show. I've listened to so many episodes. I haven't watched too many, but I listen to them in, in a car. I do a lot of driving for work. Yeah. And uh Thank you. one thing I like about this show is um the names. You know, you hear the names, you recognize everybody's names. Yeah. And we're all sort of interconnected to a point. Yeah. Um, just being in the general area of growing up in North Penn, North Wales, Lansdale yeah. area, along that R5 route, if you will. Yeah. And, um, you know, Eric's and his brothers, they grew up at the Boys and Girls Club when I was a camp counselor there. They were yeah. a couple years underneath me. I went to school with, with your uh, your brother and sister, Matt, and... Yeah. Um, you know, even, even end up, I, I played, uh, you know, I grew up playing basketball over in West Point Park and I played, yeah. you know, Squires football with his brother. So we're all like interconnected and we all kind of had the same kind of like you guys are talking blue collar upbringing, which leads yeah. to a lot of stories. We had a very interesting and enjoyable childhood coming up, Agreed. Uh, you know, not white picket fence as my daughter would describe my own family of, of yeah. children. My daughter says, you know, dad, we're not as white picket fence as some of the other families we go to school with. And, uh, <laughs> I, I like that fact. And yeah, I like I the fact that, that she realizes it. I like the fact that she realizes it too, because you know, we keep it real. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now we're all older. And like Eric said, we all got into plenty of trouble when we were kids and we all kind of, yeah. hopefully most of us have grown up and realized what was up. And uh, it's up to us now. You know what yeah. I mean? There were so many people in the community that helped us out as kids. And now it's our turn. And yeah. it's up to us to step up. And it's up to uh, uh, us to help each other and to plant a garden and to water that garden and to take care of it. And then our gardens will grow. And then, uh, you know, your garden, if all goes well, starts rubbing up to somebody else's garden that's doing good shit. Yeah. And then over here, someone else is doing good shit. And then oh, you're yeah. pulling more people in with your energy. And next thing you know, the grass is really green on the other side of that white picket fence for awesome for everybody around us. So yeah, no, you know, dude. yeah, you're dude. You're right. He just motivated me to be Mr. Hill. I want to, I want to beat this shit out of somebody. That's it. Right now. Yeah. Find somebody <laughs> sick. Exactly. All right. I'm. Steve, <laughs> come over to my house. Bunch of shit. Shit. I need all you guys to come over to my house and beat the shit out of my kids right now. Yeah. <laughs> plug, plug up your electrical outlets, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Dude, I'll tell you, and one thing you're saying, Chip, and honestly, I love that you brought it up, is that Borough of Lansdale, Borough of North Wales, Borough of 44, I think wh why this show connects with people is that there's a lot of fucking Borough kids out there that grew up in boroughs and in blue-collar towns and blue-collar neighborhoods that, you know, I don't like they've all seen adversity. They've all seen some hardships and things like that. And, you know, it's your community stuck, your friends, your crew, your crew's families took care of you and it takes a village. And I think that that resonates with people. And that's part of what I think, you know, like that's one of the connections that you're talking about. And I think that, you know, I think that's what this show kind of helps helps kind of bring out like talking about growing up in those type of areas. And I think even if you didn't grow up in Lansdale or North Wales or 44 and you grew up in, you know, a town like that, I think you can kind of resonate with this show. So no, you're, you're absolutely right, man. So I'll tell you what, like we've said, and I can't say this enough. It's www.griffingives.org. 
and you're going to go to mission nutrition and please if you can donate if you if it's available if you could please do it's a great cause and we're going to have the links in the description of this so please check it out so we're coming to the top of time this has been another episode of the working perspectives podcast weekend popping i'm matt lavelle accompanied today by chef chipper chip panico easy eric zeblum the bad boy bernie biceps bernie basement, burn podcasty and then end up's favorite son the strong stem steve cabot you can find all our stuff and all our content and all podcast platforms and youtube at working perspectives podcast you can have us on instagram at working perspectives podcast you can join us on the twitter and the tiki talk at working p pod if you'd like to be a guest on the show then please email us at working perspectives at gmail.com and just get her the hell off my ass like and subscribe so my wife leaves me the hell alone about doing the show uh, thanks for thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Thanks. See ya. Chef Chipper here with Triple A Catering in Lansdale, PA, with the Working Perspectives Podcast. I appreciate you guys letting me promote my Christmas party and meal giveaway on December twenty third at the Moss Recreation Center at fifty seven hundred Torresdale Avenue, Philadelphia. Been giving out meals to the um, neighbors in that neighborhood for a couple years now. Uh, it's a great neighborhood, loop, collar, working class people. They really care about their families. They work hard to provide for them. They have a lot of challenges in that neighborhood. So what we're doing down there on the 23rd, we're gonna set up a great holiday buffet under one of my tents. We're gonna be have face painter there, maybe some balloon animals, giving out candy, giving out some presents. And it's a great thing that you guys can jump on board. If you'd like to donate to the cause, please go to www.griffingives.org, griffingives.org. Go to the donate uh, button and in the field when you donate, fill in Mission Nutrition. This is Chef Chipper's Mission Nutrition. We're trying to make sure these kids have a nice, hearty, hot, nutritious meal going into the holiday. Thank you. December 23rd, 3 p.m. at 5700 Torresdale Avenue. That's the Moss Recreation Center.